Hello, and thanks for listening with us today. We are the Beach Church. We are real people trying to show real love from a real God. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and that you continue to stay with us. We are encouraged by everyone who listens. We hope that you are blessed today by everything that we talk about. See you guys. Take care. Father, we pray that you bless this word. We pray, Lord, that you take away all distractions right now. If there's anyone here in pain, in any physical pain, or um, just hurting from things, Lord, we just pray that you comfort them right now and allow them, Lord, to just soak up your message, Lord, and just be transformed by your word. We thank you and we worship you, Lord. Amen. Amen. So that last song what they didn't know what I was speaking about. Can you, can everybody hear me okay? Can you hear me okay? Okay. Um, And just to think that the king that we worship, there's nothing we can give him. And we try and we try to be perfect and do things right, right? And it's a king that doesn't need anything. He just wants us. He just wants us to sing a hallelujah and to just praise and glorify him. And so, as we begin the study, um, I had mentioned something this morning. I like how Pastor Jimmy were reading all these verses at the beginning. Um, to me, I take it as a challenge as to what the word is going to be about today. You know, like I'm trying to connect the verses and see. So I'm hoping that some of you were able to do that as we read through these verses. And so <clears throat> what I'm about to speak about or teach with you today can easily take four to six Sundays but I promise you, I'll get you out by football time, okay? I don't know what time football starts. I'll get you out. (laughs) Amen. Um, But a few months ago, um, I spoke on true identity. I'm not sure who was here for that teaching, um, but I spoke about knowing who you are and your true identity and knowing whose you are, right, and who you belong to. Because it's not about what we do. It's not about our personality. Um, It's not about our careers. It's not about our profession. It's not about how many licenses we hold, right? We are a child of God, heirs of the king, sons and daughters of promised eternal life. And so I spoke on that a couple of months ago, and I want to tie something into that, and that to know your true identity, once you've identified it, how do, you, how do you work through it? How can you become visible of that realm that you're trying to connect? Because sometimes we just don't understand how to connect it. And so we're, we begin to doubt, we begin to have unbelief, and then roller coaster from there, right? And so when I started studying this, um, it made such a revelation. It just, it was like a light switch went on and things changed. And I'm hoping that this message will do the same for you today. And so I wanna speak to you today on soul, a spirit, soul, and body. If you ask someone how many parts are there in your body, they would say two. But we really are a spirit with a soul in a body. That's three parts, as you can see from the screen. 
Mateo was watching me study last night, and he goes, Mom, I asked him the question. He goes, that's easy, too. Your body and your, your spirit soul. I'm like, rough. Okay. <laughs> and so we did a whole teaching, which was really great, because it just opened up his eyes. And he's like, that's right. We get the Holy Spirit when we're saved. But so easily people tie those together. Why? Because we're in constant touch or feeling of those two realms, of our body, our physical body, and our soul. And so it's easier to just identify that we have two. When in reality, as we can see from 1 Thessalonians 5.23, we have three parts. Now the spirit, different. Can't feel it, can't see it, can't connect to it as easy as you can with the physical or the soul. And so when asked how many parts to the human body of a, maybe a Christian you can ask and they would understand, they say we have a body, right, with a soul, and now we have a spirit in that order. But as I was studying this, the enduring word, uh, there was a commentary that enlightened me in this aspect of when Paul wrote this, he gave the hierarchy to the spirit, then the soul, then the body, okay? And so I was like, why? And so I looked further, and it identifies that God intends us to be in that hierarchy. He wants us to live in that hierarchy, putting him first, the spirit first, then the soul, then the body. We're designed to live like that, not the other way, body, soul, and spirit, because then our body and our emotions take over, right? It's also the way how God works in us in that same order. Amen? And so I have a next slide that shows um, the body, soul, and the spirit. Now, none of these images are mine. Disclaimer, I am not an artist. So, Google. <laughs> so, body, soul, and spirit is how we see it. The next slide will show how God wants it to be and how we are meant to be, spirit, soul, and body. Now, for today's study, and to make things uh, a little easier to conform to the study and be able to grasp, I'm going to do it based on body, soul, and spirit, okay? Uh, and it'll help us understand it a little bit better. So when we first get saved, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So when you accept Jesus, your spirit is what is transformed. It's dead and is renewed and transformed by the Holy Spirit that gets poured inside of you. Now your body, I'm sorry to tell you, like me, if you're short, I will continue to be short after I'm saved. <laughs> so if you have short hair, you'll continue to have short hair. Your body does not change, okay? Now your soul will transform as you renew it with the word, Romans 12 too. So that will renew with your effort and your will because he doesn't push anything on you. So let's break this down a little bit. Let's start with the body. Our body is like an earth suit that carries and transforms around, right? Moves around the Holy Spirit. It allows you to experience the natural realm by having this body. Um, 
and keeps your feet grounded. I don't like to be up high, so that's good. So I'm glad I have this slide. Amen. Um, the body itself, a lot of people are like, oh, the flesh, I'm giving into the flesh. Well, the body itself is not sinful. I know, disclaimer, we make it sinful. We have a choice to sin. We have a choice to uh, allow it to be um, whole or allow it to be in sin, right? Because we have a free will and that is our decision of what we do. First Corinthians 6.19 says, though, we are a body that's a temple for the Holy Spirit, which is awesome because you go around and you carry the Holy Spirit everywhere you go. You can't forget him at home, right? He's always with you. And so it's a physical connection between the Holy Spirit and the uh, physical world that we live in. Um, and so if I was to look in a mirror, I would see a reflection of me, right? I'm not gonna see myself because I can't like turn my eyes and see myself. It's actually a reflection of me. And so I can easily associate with that because I tie the five senses to it, right? There's the sense of smell, the sense of taste, the sense of uh, feeling and touching and seeing, amen? And that's why it's easier for us to associate that with. And we tend to do that with a lot of things in our lives. That's where it gets dangerous. I'll tell you in a minute why. Now our soul, our soul is our personality, right? It's kind of like where all the mental and emotional parts of us work. It's where your mind uh, allows you to think or you make thoughts, right? Your will of what you want, that's where the slippery slope comes because we all have a free will and you have to use it wisely. And the emotions about what you feel. Our soul acts, sorry about that, I think that was my hair. Um, our soul is the neutral ground between the spirit and the body, okay? Everyone has a soul that's eternal. Some of us have a redeemed soul, 3 John 1, 2, and some unredeemed, Proverbs 21, 10. But we all have a soul that is um, eternal. And so when you speak to me or I speak to you, we see our physical bodies, right? We can touch, hug, um, and, and so forth. And um, our, when you speak to someone and you look them in the eyes, you're actually not speaking to the body, right? You know how they say the eyes of a person are the way to their soul, right? We did a study at work this week, and it was really interesting. Um, there was a study where many, all different countries in Europe and so forth, made this survey that people would volunteer to show up to a site, and when you got there, they told you who were you, you were assigned to, and you would sit in front of that person for one full minute, and you can't talk. You would just look them in the eyes. And I'm like, a stranger? That's kind of weird, right? And so as the, um, the, the show, the clip that they were showing us went on, it was amazing because some people would cry, like they could see the pain of somebody else in their eyes. Others would laugh. Others would be like, okay. And there was just a flux of emotions just by having this eye contact, which unfortunately after COVID, many of us lack 
all these connections and everyone's into electronics, right? But that's the way there's a connection, there's a feeling between that part of your body, that soul. We can physically touch the body, like I said, um, and we can touch our soul. You're like, um, Diana, you can't touch your soul. I bet I can touch yours. I can touch your soul with words. I can say something not too nice and it would hurt you. Or I can say something really nice and pleasant and bring you joy or make you laugh, right? So we can feel the physical body and we can feel the soul. I mean, just ask yourself right now, take a second. How are you feeling today? Some are saying, probably not hungry because you just had breakfast. <laughs> but some might be saying, cold, tired, I'm not feeling well, I'm excited, I can't wait to the football game as soon as you're done talking. <laughs> okay, so there's a flu of emotions that can come through. So you can feel your soul. Now your spirit, you can't access that easy. You can't feel it. You can't really uh, touch it in a natural way like you do the physical body. And as you can see from the image, it's all the way on the, on the back end for mo most of us. And that is because John 3, 6 says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. There is no direct connection between the spiritual reality and the physical where the physical and the emotions lie, or the physical body. As you can see, the spirit is like in a bubble, right? And when you are saved and the Lord pours the Holy Spirit in you, it's there, but we all turn away from it and we work with our body and our soul, forget that we have who the Holy Spirit within us. And that is one of the biggest challenges in the Christian life because we can't seem to connect that the one who lives inside of us has given us the same power to raise from the dead, the same power to heal, okay, amen, and the same power that Jesus had when he walked on this earth. And you're like, yep, I don't see it. I can't feel it, right? And so that's where the biggest battle begins. Where's the biggest battle we have? In our mind. That's right. And our mind comes from our soul. And so that battle between your thoughts has to be surrendered and renewed in order for you to accept and receive and see what's already inside of you that's been given to you. When you're born again, God doesn't give you a baby Jesus or a cup of the Holy Spirit. He pours the entire Holy Spirit into you, okay? It's up to us to allow it to work in our life. So for example, let's take our imaginary mind. And if I was representing the soul and I had a, a door, let's use a door or a pipe of some cow. And so there was a division. There's my body, my soul, my spirit. My spirit is constantly receiving from God to give me 
right, to flow through me. But if this door or the pipe on there is closed, where's it going? Nowhere, right? If you open it a tiny, tiny little bit, you'll get a trickle. So when you leave Sunday, you're all pepped and ready for the week on Monday and Tuesday, and you might make it to the end of the week. Now, if you open it a little more, you might make it to the month. You have that flow. But when you open it all the way and open that door wide, watch out, Tsunami, because your life will be transformed. I promise you. Promise you. Because, you see, if you can't understand this, then you'll never understand the power that's inside of you, the power that lives inside of you, that, that Jesus has left with you. You can't even see who you are. You can't see who you are because you can't understand or, or, or tie it to any of the five senses, right? And so if you can't tie it, that's how we live, that's how we focus, is to tie it to something, then we're missing out on so much. As we jump into the part of the spirit, this is where your identity is. This is what I was talking about. Your identity comes from God, not from people, not from your past that they tell you you're not good enough. It doesn't come from your job. You know, you can have titles and whatever. It doesn't come from your family because, you know, come the holidays, you get together and they're like, oh yeah, you know, this person or that person, the one that does this. No, that's not your identity. You are a child of God. You are righteous. You are made whole and perfect. Amen? And so when you're born again and the Holy Spirit is poured into you, it lives there, but it's not pushy. It's not going to open the door. It's not going to open that valve and just pour in. It's not pushy, but it's there when you need it. And if you access it, watch out. <laughs> Amen. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed. Behold, the new has come. And so it shows that the old you, which is what we used to call like the Adam, the, the time of living by these laws, is changed. And you're now living with him inside of you. Now, <clears throat> Back in the Old Testament, Jesus walked on this earth. And many of you are like, wow, I wish I had that experience. But you have a better one. You have him inside of you. So it's like, what much closeness can you have having him constantly with you instead of once a year when they went to um, the synagogue? Ephesians 1.13 says, In him you also, when you heard the word of the truth, gospel of your salvation, and believe in him, were sealed with the Holy Spirit. When I, heard, when I read that word, I'm like, sealed. That's like vacuum sealed, right? Tight. Not going anywhere. Okay? But again, it all comes from our, our spirit and allowing us to let it flow through. Now, Paul had said to all the churches in 1 Thessalonians 5.23 that this verse that I just read about, um, the old has passed and new has come, he was talking about and letting the Christians know that Adam had already been dealt with on the cross by Jesus. Amen? And so the new is now God revealed just like Jesus and lives inside of you. 
And Ephesians 4.24 says, And to put on the new self created at the likeness of God in a true righteousness and holiness. So your spirit, which is your identity, is your innermost. It's like the deep middle of you. And that's how you connect to God. And that connection is like a perfect fellowship with God. Because we're made to fellowship with him and connect within him, right? We're not made to seek out only when we need it or only when we make a mistake or something like that. We, we, all, we can always reach out to him, but that's what it's meant to be, to be in constant connection with him. Amen. And um, when we read that, uh, I'm not sure if it was, I think it was uh, Gigi that read it. 1 Corinthians 2, verses 10 through 12, it says that these things God had revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything in the depths of God. Wow. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person? which is in him. No one knows your thoughts except him. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God, and we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. That's a powerful, powerful verse. It shows how what is poured into us when we are saved into our Holy Spirit holds the key to everything. The Holy Spirit knows God, right? And so it searches from the deepest things that God has and knows his secrets, his intentions for us, his will, mysteries, and things that we are looking for answers, they're there. We just have to allow it to flow in to our souls so that we can uh, see the spiritual uh, reality of what stands before us. The Holy Spirit also understands the nature of God and the power. God's spirit that was given to us raised the dead spirit within us and brought it to life. And when I first heard this, I was like, what? I had to read it again. Because it just like turned on a light bulb for me that all those times that you go through situations and you're like, I give up. I can't figure this out. Or I don't understand what I'm reading. Or you know, I slipped, or I sinned, or I, you know, whatever the situation might be, and you feel like the Holy Spirit has left you, but he hasn't. He's vacuum sealed to you. He hasn't left you. And so, by the Holy Spirit, every, not one, not some, every believer has internal and external connection to God no matter how you feel physically or emotionally, okay? So some people think that it's only pastors and leaders and people who worship and uh, people who are involved that have that connection. No, we all have the same phone line 
to God, internal and external. We all have the same connection. It just has to be dealt with because we have to separate that physical part and the emotional from letting it tie us or keep us from seeing the truth in the spiritual part that we need to understand. We are designed for that inner connection. We're not designed to just connect to him on a need basis or pick up the hotline or 9-11 or hit the buzzer or whatever it might be. We are to be in inner connection with him constantly. And some say, well, you know, Diana, I've messed up or, you know, I've done this or I just can't find my way back and, you know, I just, he's not going to forgive me or I'm not good enough or anything like that. Well, disclaimer, he forgives you and he's inside of you. He doesn't leave you just because you made a mistake. A lot of people feel that, oh, I don't feel the Holy Spirit, so it left me. Oh, I don't get the goosebumps anymore, so it left me. Oh, um, I repented, but I'm just not good enough. I keep messing up over and over and over and over again. Well, it's not true because Hebrews 13, 13 6, 5 says... He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do you think that we serve a God or we have a father? Think of your own, like, father as you, you know, your children or, or your, your dad. Would, would God punish you by taking away the Holy Spirit from you? Just because you're not holy, he's going to pull away the only holy thing in you? No. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is what guides me. The Holy Spirit is what molds me. The Holy Spirit is what nudges me when I'm doing things wrong. Why would he take it away from us? So it's there. We just have to open the door or the valve, whatever one you want to use. Men like construction, so they like the valves. <laughs> Women like the door. We don't like tools. I don't like tools. <laughs> um, but just allowing him to come in. And... You ask then, okay, Diana, so how do you align your soul with the spiritual reality, right? Because in the morning, when I'm getting ready, I don't just get out of bed, get dressed, do my hair, walk out the door. What's the first thing women do? The mirror, right? Men do too, men do too. Um, but you look in the mirror, and can I just tell you, you're not looking at yourself, because your eyes, you know, you're not looking at yourself. You're looking at a reflection of yourself. And you look to make sure your makeup is right, your hair, your beard, right? Make sure your suit or your shirt or whatever is right. And you trust what you're looking at, right? You trust that mirror. Because once you fix yourself in the mirror and you come back out, someone says, hey, your hair is sticking up. You're like, no, it isn't. I just looked in the mirror, right? Because you trust what you look in the mirror and see. Well, we need to do the same thing with the word of God. We need to trust what's in the word of God. We trust the mirror. Let's trust the word that we read and we live by. Amen? And that is what's going to help you reveal what you need to see in the spiritual aspect. Now, the word of God is a perfect reflection of spiritual truth. We already know what we look like by looking in the mirror. We see the physical. People already know our personalities, right, and our families and friends. So there's already a connection or something felt between those two. But what about the spiritual? So if you look at this next image, 
again, not mine, I found this image and it was like perfect because when you read the word of God, you see your spiritual face. What do I mean by that? You're like, Diana, my Bible's not a mirror. Read it long enough and it will be. <laughs> because the word tells you, you are justified, you are sanctified, you are a child of God. It tells you everything you need to know. You are not rejected, you are loved. And the Bible will tell you this. And as we were fixing this picture a little bit, because I wanted to make it full for the full screen, Gigi, I said to Gigi, you know, he looks different in the mirror. And she goes, he doesn't have a shirt. I said, I wasn't even thinking about that. But think about Adam and Eve when they didn't have right clothing. They're looking in the mirror and they're seeing who they are. It is spiritual reality. You're able to see your spiritual face. James 1, 23 to 25 says, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intensely at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty and perseverance, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doings. So when you look in the mirror, you walk away, you're done. But when you look at the Bible and you check off your three chapters for the day, you're also done. So, I don't, do you have, do you guys hear an echo? Okay. Um, you walk away and you forget. But it's meant that one passage in that Bible, you meditate on all day. And it begins to transform your soul, the one in the middle. And so this passage shows us that the word is like a mirror that you look into, see your spiritual face, and that you can't go by your emotions. Now, when I read this part as I studied, I'm like, wait, I'm a Latin female. Let's not talk about emotions because, you know, we're no, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's what Gigi said. We're like, it's a natural at that. But we can't be led by our emotions. We can't be led by, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit has left me because I'm not doing things right and I messed up again. No, open the door and you will find who you're looking for. I'm getting depressed and I'm anxious. I'm feeling rejected and not loved. Open the word and you'll find that you are loved, that you're a child of God, that you are righteous, that you are justified. Do you see what I'm saying? If you don't turn to the word or you don't read the word and let it meditate and penetrate your soul, then it becomes a little harder to deal with. In Hebrews 14, 16, it says, come boldly to worship him. You have his mind, you have his mind, his will, his understanding, his wisdom, and everything in spirit. So disclaimer, you're not perfect, but you're made perfect in him. Therefore, you're perfect. So this morning I shared, and I wasn't planning to, but the Lord put it in my heart, and I do not mind. You guys know that I'm very transparent sometimes, and God just has a sense of humor that he kind of lets me go through like some seasons, and then he wants me to share them, and it's called a testimony, right? <laughs> and so in October, I went through a season that every time somebody looked at me, I cried. I got in my car, and I cried. I would get to work, and I cried. And all of a sudden, 
the old me, you know the enemy just needs a little space in that door, kicks the door open. You're depressed. You're getting panic attacks again. Did you realize that? One of the situations that triggered it was, uh, most of you know I had a car accident last year in November right here at the light, Baltic and, and Virginia Beach. The second Sunday that I was going through this, somebody almost hit me at the same light. And I went into a full-blown panic attack. And I came in and I'm like, the enemy just soaked up, you know, you're this, you're that, you're not good enough. You are rejected. You are blah, 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 blah. And guess what I did? I believed it. That in turn turned me into a spinning wheel or one of those spinny things that the kids have now with no end. I couldn't focus on the word. I couldn't, um, I didn't focus because I didn't even get in the word. Like I was so consumed in my soul and my, in my uh, emotions that I didn't put the time into the word. All I wanted to do was sleep, go to work, do what I had to do, take care of my team, go to sleep because that's what the enemy wants. And then as I began one night, I'm looking at my calendar and I'm like, oh, you're going to be speaking um, in two weeks. You know, Lord, what would you like me to speak about? I turned to God. And he brought to mind the previous identity and spirit, soul, and body. And as I began to read it, he gave it to me for a reason. Do you remember what this message did to you? Wake up! I literally stood on my feet. I don't know, it must have been like 1 o'clock in the morning. Stood on my feet, put on worship music, started praising, worshiping, thanking him, opening my word, leaning on my word, and I was transformed immediately. The Holy Spirit just flowed. He doesn't push you. He's there. You just have to access him. Amen? And so the next day, people were like, are you okay? You're looking a little shiny today. What did you do yesterday? I said, worship? <laughs> but it changes your whole demeanor. It changes your whole uh, thought process. It changes how you interact with other people. It changes everything. And it's inside of us to access. And I say this and share this because I know that in today's world and what we're going through, so many people are suffering from depression suffering from anxiety, suffering from rejection, or fill in the blank. And they don't realize that the answer to all of this is already inside of you. You just have to turn to it. And you can start by reading the word. Because the more you read, if the door is open, that valve, can you give me the next picture, um, the one with the circle? Thanks. If you are open to that valve, then it's a whole, nother, a whole nother experience. And I promise you, because I'll give you an example. When I was going through this, I still came to church. I still worshiped him. I still, you know, I came here. But it was a different, it was kind of like an inward, kind of um, defeated, uh, not feeling worthy to even worship him you know, not good enough to even worship him. And we are, we're like filthy rags, but he wants us to come to him boldly. Now today, when I'm standing in the back and I'm, you know, going into the music and stuff, 
I just keep reminding myself how when I start to feel anything as far as like emotions, I'm not saying emotions are bad. Please don't misunderstand me. What I'm saying is when these emotions take over you and they're controlling your life, there's an answer. And what you have to do is push your soul, get your spirit up front. You know how, who wants to be first in line? The spirit. That's who needs to be first. Focus on him, worship him, and the rest just dissipates. But you have to renew your mind. And renewing your mind is through the word. If you can't renew your mind to understand the mysteries and what God has for you, then you don't understand that this door, it's not, it, we call it a, an invisible door. But he's just sitting there. And we just have our back turned to it. We have to turn to it like a Bible, look into it, and let it be our mirror. Amen? Amen. Okay. So, in closing, I'm going to touch a couple points together here, and then we're going to close. In our walk with the Lord, it is imperative to understand the body, the soul, and the spirit. Know that your body and your soul can be felt, but your soul can be controlled. Your soul can be put in place. Your soul can be transformed by the word of God. Amen? Our, our body and our soul needs to align with the finished work of Jesus on the cross. He's not going to do it again. He already did it. Okay? And so we need to align ourselves with that. To be in the spiritual realm that can't be seen or felt um, or, or by like emotions, we go by the word, by what we read. Spiritual truth can only be discerned through the word. Amen. There's an old saying that goes like this. When the spirit of God touches you, the flesh knows it. Anybody know or heard that before? When the, right? So when the spirit of God, which is not seen because we worship God in spirit because he is a spirit, touches you, your flesh knows it. When you were born again, think back to the day you were born again. For us, some of us, we have to pull out a little bit of a library. But when you were born again, how excited you were. How you felt physically, emotionally motivated. You went out, you wanted to share the word. You were on fire, maybe weeks, maybe months. And I can tell you from experience, I was a new Christian and I'm like, the Holy Spirit left me. I don't feel anything anymore. And that's exactly how I did that because I didn't understand that it didn't leave me and it's not about the emotion of what I'm feeling physically. It's what's inside of me that I need to access that's already there through the word and then learning through the word, I realize spirit, soul, and body. Amen. And so I'm going to do something a little bit different today. And I want to end in prayer, but I want everyone's eyes closed. And this experience that I'm talking about, even though this one specifically has to do with feeling the presence of God within you because your flesh will know that the spirit has touched it. In order to experience eternal truth that lives with inside of you, you have to get to the spiritual reality, your eternal truth. That one that lies within the word that lives inside of you that is alive today as he was with Jesus when he walked on this earth. And so before we get into this exercise, I'd like to first make an altar call. If there is anybody here 
who doesn't know or has not accepted Jesus as your savior, that is the first step because that Holy Spirit will reside in you once you accept him as your Lord and Savior. As it was in the if you don't know him, it'd be a great opportunity. Allow us to pray with you. And if you can't come up now, please don't leave here without it. Because I promise you it will change your life. Let's begin to just thank him for who he is. Begin to thank him for who Jesus is. Begin to thank him for that Holy Spirit that he gave us. And just say this when I'm done. Holy Spirit, overflow through me right now. I open the door. Overflow through me. I give you full access. Some of you may be feeling tearful, hurt, like you want to get something off your heart. Some may be feeling joy. Some even get a little giggly and that's okay. Some may even not feel anything, and that's okay too. This is not a formula. That's okay. Those that don't feel anything might just feel peace, like an, a peace that they haven't had before. But it's this type of a physical experience that allows you to see what's inside of you, this eternal life, this spiritual face that you can now look at. And it's so easily accessed so in those times, Lord, when we feel depressed, anxious, when we're going through trials, when we're going through situations, remind us, Holy Spirit, nudge us how we just need to turn to you to give you full access. Don't let depression, anxiety, don't allow insecurities doubts, unbeliefs. One of the biggest ones lately is the fear of rejection. Don't let it steal your joy or keep you from seeing this spiritual reality that we have within us. Allow the Holy Spirit to flow through you. Allow and train your soul that it is the Spirit that leads and not our emotions. Luke 11, 10, 23 says, everyone who asks will receive. If there is anyone here that needs prayer, anyone who needs to just get something off of you that you just feel like the heaviness is still on you or anything you might need prayer for i pray that you come boldly he give us he gives us that boldness come boldly now and allow us 
to pray with you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So I hope that this has been helpful for some, and I pray the Holy Spirit leads you all day. Amen. Appreciate Diana for sharing that word with us this morning. Uh, in both services, she uh, was able to share. And so we appreciate that this morning. Um, we want to just take a few moments and uh, kind of align our thoughts and our heart with what God is revealing and has revealed in his word today. And so I think that starts with us just being open and honest with ourselves and acknowledging that uh, we need him. We need him in our lives. And so we want to do that today. We want to just take a few moments and just let the Lord uh, speak to our hearts today to acknowledge our need for him. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. For all that you do for us. We love you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, we recognize today there have been things in this life, the things we've done, Lord, that have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, Lord. We have allowed our flesh to uh, get the best of us, Lord. We've allowed our thoughts to overwhelm us, Lord. And we have not humbled ourselves to uh, what the Spirit is revealing to us, Lord. And God, we have not honored you in those moments. And so, Lord, whether it's been what we've done or what we've left undone, Lord, we know that there have been times we have not committed to you like we need to. Lord, we've not loved you at times with our whole heart. And we have not been loving toward each other the way you have called us to be. And so, Lord, we are truly sorry of that, and we humbly repent, God. We pray that you would minister to us today and reveal your truth today through your word, God. That's the blessing of the, of, of the Holy Spirit coming into our lives is that it regenerates our hearts to believe and it guides us into all truth. God, we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you guide us into all truth today. We thank you, Lord, that you are faithful and that for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, that you have been merciful to us and that you have forgiven us. So we ask that today that you would continue to do that, that we would delight in your will, that we would walk in your ways to the glory of your name. God, we thank you today that your word says and that you are true to it. That you show mercy to those and you forgive those who humbly repent and come to you with true faith and submission, God. Lord, may you continue to have mercy upon us. May you continue to pardon and deliver us from all of our sins. We thank you that the blood of Christ continues to wash away and make us new, that it confirms and strengthens us in all goodness, and that it is bringing us to everlasting life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We thank you for that, God. Hallelujah. Lord, we're comforted today by your word. 
that says, all who truly turn to him. It says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He also says that we have an advocate with the Father. That he is the propitiation for our sins and not just for ours, but also for the sins of the entire world. If that doesn't give us peace today, nothing will. If that doesn't encourage us today, nothing will. I was thinking about uh, how just the truth of these concepts today connect to our need for Christ in our lives. As I was thinking about communion. I was thinking about how everything connects and we get to, to see the beauty. That's why I love uh, communion. That's why I love the liturgy because it literally encompasses everything. Our mind, our soul, our spirit. It's everything, right? So I think about the body. The body is a physical act. Right? It's a form of worship and remembrance that it connects believers to the physical reality of Christ's sacrifice. Like we taste it, we touch it, we see it. Right, we feel it in, in, our, in our hands when we take the cup and when we take the, his body. So we see that our soul, it's a time to remember the sacrifice of Jesus. It's, it, it's a time to complement our own spiritual journey, to reflect on what he's done in our lives and to recommit ourselves living according to his word. It's a time for us to align ourselves back to him. He's invited us to come and it's a time for us to come back. And then we see the spirit. It's a spiritual act. This is a supernatural act that transcends. That's why it's called a mystery. It's why it's called a sacrament. Because it's a mystery. Something happens where we believe that as we are nourished by the bread and the wine, that we are also nourished in our hearts and our spirits through Christ. And so it is a it is a overwhelming experience that we can see at work, both in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit working throughout every element of this. And so we can be comforted by that, and we can also have peace in our hearts because of that. That we have, I loved when Diana said, you know, maybe she experienced God in certain ways at times and when she first got saved, and then there was always that temptation to think that God's presence wasn't with her. I want you guys to know that God's presence is here right now. We believe that. We believe that as we come down to this altar, that God meets us here. He meets us here. Let's not lose sight of that. That's why we can walk out of here with peace and joy in our hearts because we have been with Jesus. We've been with our Lord. And so I want you to just take a few moments, if you will. Could you just offer each other uh, the peace of God this morning as we prepare for communion? Lord, we thank you for the privilege to be able to have communion together, to be able to be together in the fellowship, in the communion of saints, God. We recognize today that yours is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for everything in heaven and on earth is yours, Lord, and yours is the kingdom, and you are exalted as head above all. We recognize, God, that all things come from you, O Lord. And of your own have we given you what we thank you today. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you that it is a privilege for us to recognize that you are with us. And with our spirit today that we can lift up our hearts to you. 
And we can give thanks to you, our Lord God. But it is right to give you thanks and praise. It is right. It is our duty. It is our joy always and everywhere, God, to give thanks to you. You are the creator of heaven and earth. And so we praise you today, joining our voices with the angels and the archangels and with the company of heaven, Lord, all of those surrounded around your throne who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Holy, 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 Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Lord, we declare our praises to you today, and we recognize, holy and gracious Father, that in your infinite Love, you made us for yourself. You crafted us, you shaped us, you formed us. And even when we had sinned, even when we had messed up, and we had turned away, and we were subject to evil and and all of death, you in your mercy sent your only Son, Jesus Christ, into the world for our salvation, that we might live that we might have life. And so by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, we recognize that He became flesh and dwelt among us. And in obedience to Your will, He stretched out His arms upon the cross and offered Himself once for all, that by His suffering and death, we might be free. We might be saved. But we thank You that by His resurrection, He broke the bonds of death, trampling hell and Satan under his feet. That we can walk in victory today because of him. That he is alive and we have hope for eternity today. As our great high priest, he ascended to your right hand in glory that we might come with confidence today before the throne of grace. We recognize that on the night that he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, after supper, Jesus took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. That's why we celebrate and proclaim the mystery of our faith today, that Christ has died, that Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. We don't have a hopeless faith. We have hope that Christ will come again. And so, Lord, we celebrate the memorial of our redemption today in this sacrifice of praise, and we offer you these gifts. May you sanctify them by your word and Holy Spirit to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. And sanctify us also, God, that we may worthily receive today this holy sacrament and be made one body with him, that he may dwell in us and we in him, that in the fullness of time that you would put all things under subjection under your Christ and bring us with all your saints into the joy of your heavenly kingdom that we shall be and see our Lord. We will be with him and see him face to face. 
Lord, all this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Lord, now we are bold to pray as our Lord Jesus Christ taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Christ, our Passover lamb, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, we don't presume to come down to this table trusting in our own righteousness. Well, we know that we, our righteousness is just filthy rags, God. So we don't trust in that, God, but in your abundant and your great mercies. We are not even worthy to take the crumbs, Lord, to gather them up under your table. But you are the same Lord whose character is to show mercy and grace. And so, Lord, you have been gracious to us. You have been merciful to us. So, Lord, help us today by the grace of our Lord to, 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 to eat today, God, and to partake today, God, that we may continue to be made clean by his body, that we, our souls may continue to be washed through his precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him and he in us today, Lord. Lamb of God, we recognize that you take away the sins of the world. Would you have mercy on us today? Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, would you have mercy on us today? Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, would you grant us your peace today? My friends, the gifts of God for the people of God. Amen. May we take them in our hearts in remembrance that Christ died for us and feed on him with thanksgiving today. Hallelujah. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Hey, thank you for watching today's podcast. We hope that you will continue to join us and subscribe. Remember, we're just real people trying to show real love from a real God. And everything that you do to help with that uh, brings glory to God. So thank you, guys. Take care.